First of all, I want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. It was a hell of a summer slam. I enjoyed the shit out of it, excuse me. But there's something I got to get off my chest. I said there's something I got to get off my chest. Something I want to say. Spit it out. I'm talking to you. You, 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 you. Hold on, I'm talking to one other son of a bitch. I want Vince McMahon to bring his ass out here to this ring. Vince, I know you're back here. Someone give me a damn beer, because if I'm gonna wait on him, I'm gonna drink a damn beer. I got all night long and I got a case of beer, so Vince, I'd appreciate if you'd walk your carcass to this very ring. You probably think you're pretty tough, don't you? You think you're pretty tough? Bubba, don't do it. I got a bunch of beer. Maybe one more. Who are you looking at? You ain't got to take my beer from me because I'm going to give you a beer. Somebody backstage, and let me go ahead and say just, uh, I like you, Vince. Not very much, but I like you. And appreciation of all the hard work you put in here, the WWE. Sometimes you're a little bit of a smart ass, but I appreciate what the hell you do. Somebody told me it was your birthday today. And we got us a birthday boy in the house. Well, the reason we got you out here, Vince, to show a little token of our appreciation for everything you've done, not just from me, from all these guys, because we got you out here in the middle of the ring because I'm hoping all these WWE superstars are going to join in because I can't sing worth a damn. And I'm inviting everybody out here in Phoenix, Arizona to join in and sing happy birthday to good old Vince McMahon. <laughs> Let me warm up a little bit. <laughs> do, re, mi, fa, so, ti, do. I'm ready. You ready for this? Here we go. Help out if you know the words. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Vince. Happy birthday to you. And if for some reason you couldn't tell from the title and the opening, today, yes, today, the day that is today, what day is today? It is Vincent Kennedy McMahon's birthday, or the day of his birth, as it were foretold by the seven deities. And as it is his birthday, I would like to wish a very happy anniversary to the one-year-old episode of Beef Sticks Podcast, that's right, episode... 22. Happy birthday, Mr. McMahon. He is 73 years young. Can you believe at 73 he's still going the way he's going? It's crazy. And he takes on more and more and more, even though he shouldn't. He's at 73 years old, and he's starting a football league. Holy shit. (laughs) 
He'll he'll leave he'll uh, bleh, he'll live to be fuck one forty five probably. So he's still only in the middle of his life. Remember, he doesn't let himself get sick. He won't sneeze. He doesn't sleep. He can't stand yawning. I mean, the man. Yeah, the man's just gonna stubbornly. Either he's gonna stubbornly live to be like a hundred and twenty, or he's just gonna die tomorrow just from nothing. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. Like it's just gonna be a freak. Somebody will fart too close to, to him, and his heart will stop. I think I think somebody like Vince McMahon should go out like in splendor. What's a what's a fitting what's a you fitting mean like death? An exploding limousine? What if he did? What if he died in an exploding limousine? <laughs> what if he predicted his actual death twenty five? Do you years know how many wrestling happened? conspiracy nuts would go crazy if that happened? <laughs> oh yeah, no, oh, he'd be the next. Oh, he's not dead. Like two yep. Tupac isn't dead. His last album was him as Jesus. He predicted he was going to die and come back. <laughs> no, it's called coincidence. If you're Alanis Morissette, it's called irony. Whichever one you want to call it, it's what it is. Call it what you want to call it. So some of you folks will notice we're a day late and a dollar short. Yes, I, I take the blame for that one this week. Old pasty boy had to get a couple teeth yanked out. And fuck, I didn't even know this morning if I was going to be ready for It's your fault, pasty. It's all your fault. Uh, I know. I'm so wise, they have to extrude the wiseness through my mouth. (laughs) That's all right. That's all right, because this is going to be a good episode. It should be jam-packed. We've got... Four hours worth of shit to talk about, so it's going to be fun to see us cram it into two hours here. Right, right. Yeah, we're both we're both on the one note today, kind of fighting to get new. Yeah, once you there. once you said time. something about that, I was like, holy shit! <laughs> if he's on there and he wants to fucking take care of news, have at it, pasty. I'll take the day off. Fuck it. I wasn't expecting that. I, I truly wasn't. I'm I'm happy and proud. And the whole while, I'm sure we're both thinking about how we rarely ever get to have the news anymore. So why are we putting so? Oh much yeah, news? I was kind of glad. I was like, well, I get home. We're gonna record a little later tonight, and uh, so I get some time to look. I was like, fuck, I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna do some news and shit. Uh, even fuck a potato, fuck a or, potato two. or two. You know that potato poontang, and and I thought it's like, hey, that's cool. But no, that's awesome. You kicked ass this week. I did a little bit of my job this week. I got our uh, SummerSlam and TakeOver review ready to go. God, talk about an awesome... Actually, we should flip them around, but... No, fuck it. Oh, we will. Okay. We will. But no, what an awesome... Can can we just say before we, like, let any spoilers or, or anything... Before we get into details... What a great weekend it was between NXT Brooklyn yeah. Four Takeover Two Return of the Jedi Escape from New yeah, York. Um, fucking SummerSlam was, I would say, maybe the best pay per view this year so far. Definitely better. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong; they've set a low bar this year. I'm not saying this is a classic, <laughs> but I'm saying most of the matches. I'd say one of the best SummerSlams in the last decade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Maybe yeah, you can easily say one of the best Summer Slams of the last decade. I ain't gonna argue that. I've heard a lot of people shitting on it myself, and I'm like, what are you fucking? Are you kidding? Well, me? the thing is, maybe you need to stop watching Ron Smackdown <laughs> and join Beef Sticks right? podcast in the summer of other. Maybe the the results that I wanted to happen didn't happen. Although to be fair, I I scored pretty. I got nine out of thirteen on SummerSlam, so that's not too shabby. But maybe hey it wasn't... hey hey, don't take credit away from me who got oh, eight. Yeah, no, we were neck and neck until you the main great. event. I thought you were gonna whoop ass because obviously the pre-show we we picked all the same things and we all won. So you and I won. We sweeped the pre-show, which I still think is another uh, testament to maybe starting in January we we quit. Counting. Yeah, we can still predict. I learned halfway through the night. I need to consult the one note because when I thought back to our our talkings, you were always like, uh, "Maybe they're going to give it to Rusev and Lana this time." I'm like, "Oh, he picked Rusev and Lana." So when I messaged him, I was all, "Yeah, eat it, <laughs> four to one," and that's just the pre-show. <laughs> and then I looked and I was like, "Oh, it's it's fucking <laughs> right? tied. nope." Um, <laughs> but you and I made that mistake again a couple times through the night, and I apologize. I think people just—I think they weren't happy with who won necessarily, but most of the matches not only were good, and I'm not going to say they were all wrestling clinics, but the type of match they were supposed to be is kind of what they came off as. They didn't—they didn't try oh, to yeah. be something they weren't. And I honestly think a good chunk of them actually told stories, and and. Long-time listeners of Beef Sticks and Pasty, you know, if you want to get at my heart in wrestling, tell a fucking story in the ring, and you've got my admiration. Oh, God, yeah, no, some of the best storytelling in a long fucking time, and this is just in the the AJ Styles-Samoa Joe match. Now, I'm going to bring up something that I thought about earlier. And I'm going to see, I'm I'm just going to gauge you, Pasty, on what your thoughts are. I walked away from... SummerSlam, again, I'm just going to be redundant and repeat myself, thinking it was some of the best storytelling I've seen in pay-per-views for a long time. Now, we haven't watched any pro, any WWE for a while, so we don't really know where the storylines are going. Do you think I soaked in the storytelling more because I didn't know what was happening until they were in the ring and they were telling that story? Or do you think it's just because they were actually telling better stories on that day than they have been. To me, I just look back at the last couple of pay-per-views we watched, and we didn't have the story going into it then either, and it wasn't nearly as good as what we saw at SummerSlam. Okay, so, so you, I got to give big ups yeah, to Yeah, I, I kind of came to that conclusion also. That was going to be my, my counter-argument. So, okay, you and I feel the same way. We would have felt the same way about yeah. the other ones going into them, and we didn't. So, yep. fuck them, is what I have to say. No, made it a worthwhile SummerSlam, even though we had to have another fucking theme song from Florida. Which, again, I, I don't get it, but whatever. I, I don't, I don't, it, to me, it seemed like a Shinsuke Nakamura song. Right. Well, just like, why is Wale gonna be a guest commentator on Raw next Monday? What? Oh, I never <laughs> even heard that. I'm glad I didn't hear Yeah, that. dude. Yeah. I'm glad we're not watching. Fuck. First, Renee Young, and I heard she didn't really say much at all. And now Wale 
Or are you just going to... Next, there'll be Trump. I guess I I didn't watch it, but <laughs> Especially I... Especially with the political climate right, right now. I didn't watch it, but I had heard very... Um, oops, that was the wrong thing. I had heard very positive things about... Um, uh, about um, Renee Young being on there. So, I don't I know. I heard things like... That. I've heard some positive, and I've heard a lot of... She didn't say a whole lot, especially for being on the announce table. She basically left it to the other two. Okay. That's what I heard. Okay. Yeah, I again, I didn't watch it, so I don't know. That's just, just kind of from the reviews I'd heard. I'd seen a lot of positives that people were surprised they she wasn't going to be on there going forward because she did a good job, but... That's the other thing about not watching the stuff. Sometimes you just can't uh, can't comment on that because because I can't comment on it. I wasn't there. Right, right. And it's not. I didn't watch it either. It's not my own personal opinion. It's just things I've heard, and I haven't heard a whole lot. But that's what I have heard. <laughs> that was great. I thought so. Oh, yeah, what a fucking good weekend for wrestling. And at first, I was going to put off TakeOver. I'm like, I'm I'm not going to watch it live. I'll probably just catch it Monday, maybe part Monday, maybe part Tuesday. And then Saturday night rolled around, and I'm just sitting there watching YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, I'll watch TakeOver. And I'm fucking glad I did. Right. I almost didn't watch TakeOver. I, I, you even uh, messaged me, and I was like, ah, I'm not going to watch it tonight. I'll watch it tomorrow. Yeah. No spoilers. And then you're like, I'm watching it. I'm but somehow, yeah. How the fuck say, did that happen? Somehow I started later than you, but ended me. That WWE Network, I've done it too when I've watched like with you <laughs> or I've watched with my sister and we're messaging, and I don't notice any lags, but I end up behind somebody else or in front of somebody else, and I'm just like, what is happening? Because you don't notice any skips. You don't notice any legs. But the timing is different. The timing is off. I don't know why or how that happens. I don't know. Don't have the answers to that. It's one of those strange things of the universe. <laughs> Yeah, 9.05 here Central Time. Wow, that was an amazing finish to the Ciampa Gargano match. I'm like, it hasn't even started yet. <laughs> it was an amazing finish, though. Yeah. I might be wrong on these scores here, but I scored you less than what you thought you scored at. And I scored me higher than what I thought I scored at. What are you talking about? That's what I said. But I messed up somewhere. Doesn't matter. I'll go and re... I gotta flip back and forth is my problem. Actually, I know what I should do. I know what I'm gonna do. No. Print screen. That's what I'm there gonna do. do. Yeah. But you gotta keep talking while I'm printing screen, because otherwise people are gonna be like, Huh? There's no phone. Huh? You guys need to bring the video back. <laughs> yeah, we do. Shit. Eventually. Everything in strides. And, folks, if you notice, this week, 
quality should be far better God than it has damn it, been. Don't say it because we don't know. We want to make sure. I'm saying it. You are, you're jinxing you us. Know. You're jinxing us from the get go. We're trying a new method here of bringing the podcast to you. Therefore, we're not live. And but yeah, that, that may just be the way it has to be going forward for the immediate future because we feel the quality is more important. What we're going to do is we're going to do... In the grand scheme of things, though, this is something we need to do for ourselves for the long haul. Well, we... And you guys might not know what we're talking about, but we know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we still want to be live for the long haul. You can be... We can... But, um... But for now, we're gonna we're gonna record, but we're gonna record live to tape. So in other words, we're not gonna edit shit out. We're not gonna be like, oh, we mixed up a word or said something wrong, and now we're gonna change it, <laughs> do, 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 like we do with all our other bullshit podcasts. <laughs> Note self, edit that out. Right? No, it's gonna it's gonna be live to tape. We're just gonna record it, and we're gonna record it as it is, and then we're gonna give it to you once it's recorded. We're not gonna edit anything out. Um, uh, on occasions we may edit in certain clips, certain music, certain stuff like that. Um, in fact, that opening bit with Stone Cold Steve Austin singing Happy Birthday to Vince McMahon. Spoiler, that was edited in. I'm sorry. It didn't happen in the Cloud Style booth. But, <laughs> so there... But it's going to be live to tape. We're, you're getting the same raw, uncut show you always did. We are just giving it to you in a different way. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Now that we're being distributed through Spotify, I definitely figured it was time to put our foot down on our audio issues and, and try to correct as much as possible. And I think we're moving in the right direction. So. Hopefully you guys get a better show, and if you do, feel free to let us know. B-Sticks podcast slash dot com Facebook. That one. That one. <laughs> so, last uh, Saturday was just an amazing fucking show, Pasty. The show of shows. Oh my goodness, yes. The show amongst shows and the show about shows. <laughs> Honestly, and, and this is another reason why I'm so surprised I'm happy with SummerSlam as I am. Because I knew when this was over, the bar was fucking set. And it couldn't be better than that this weekend. And maybe it wasn't better than that this weekend. But for a WWE main show, it was on par yeah oh definitely definitely most definitely undubiously alright so we're gonna talk about it we're gonna give them the, the results and our opinions on NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 45,976 exactly exactly All right. Like that <laughs> I can't wait till NXT TakeOver Brooklyn has more numerals than than WrestleMania. I, I know, fun. right? That the rate they're going, it isn't going to be long. Uh, 
So you want to pop right into it, pasty? And so first, then... Oh, okay. Yeah. You were. You were. I'm sorry. I apologize. First and foremost, we started off the night with a matchup that, uh, I guess, in a sense, exceeded expectations and at the same time made me upset I hadn't watched NXT leading up to it because I probably would have chose different. <laughs> it was the NXT Tag Championships. The Undisputed Era were defending their championships against Mustache Mountain. That's right, Kylo O'Reilly and Roderick Strong versus Trent Seven and Tyler Tyler Bate. And right away, like, Trent Seven comes down to the ring in a knee brace. I'm like, face palm. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's one of those things. Sometimes you can see things in an unadulterated view when you're not watching storylines. But then sometimes when things are happening, like you said, they had just won them. And lot, it's like, oh, shit. I didn't know about any of yeah. this. Yeah, I had no idea they won the tag titles in England, which would have made sense. And, uh, yeah, I also didn't know that Seven had an injured to knee. To be fair, I, I know that and I still haven't gone back and watched the UK uh, tournament they did, which is awful. It's blasphemous. But I did hear that those two groups, uh, UE and MM, put on just a stellar show-stealing match that was a candidate for match of the year. I didn't hear, though, that Undisputed Era had lost the titles then. And um, I I need to go back and watch that one. But this one was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fun match. And Tyler Bate once again reaffirmed the the strong thought in my mind that wrestlers seem like they're 90% more naked when they don't have knee pads on. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird because so little of their body is being covered by those knee pads, but it just, they look so nude. When we're talking about, about Tyler the Master Bate, you have to talk about how he just, he f- showcased his strength in this match. So many moves he did from deadlifts, he did from awkward angles, he did, um, you know, I haven't gone back, I I truly wanted to go back and rewatch TakeOver before we record it. I haven't done it. There's just never enough time in the day. But... It's the thought that counts. Yeah, yeah, but I I wanted to to have a few, like, key points to talk over it, and I don't have in front of me. But my God, if he didn't just show his strength so many times, pulling off moves that seem impossible. And when you look at the man, he's obviously cut, you know what I mean? He's ripped, but he doesn't look like a super buff, super bulky, strong, muscly guy. Yeah, more like a Finn Balor. But he has it all in there. I mean, it's there. It's all there, baby. This is... He's the dream's number one bait, man. He's the master of the bait. It's all there, baby. <laughs> and I had my high hopes that even with the the leg injury and the fact that they won and lost the tag titles already, I had my hopes that they were going to pull it through, and at a couple points in time, it really looked like they were. But they didn't. But the knee just got too <clears throat> much of them. And then that, uh, God, what what do they call their finisher? The Undisputed Era's fucking shit. Oh. 
Yeah, I'm drawing a blank, pasty. Isn't it like, it we'll just like a, edit this like a out. face with a. <laughs> it, it was like what a knee to the face and then um like a leg takedown at the same time yeah yeah it's like a high low but they yeah. don't call it a high and, low uh, they call it um god, god. It, go ahead seven sold it so good it looked like maybe he broke his nose or teeth oh i know it took from it the, hard from the impact of the knee to the face and he wouldn't let his face be seen any time until they were out of the arena. So I was like, holy shit, what happened there? Maybe nothing. Maybe just good storytelling. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brits are known for their bad teeth, so, I mean, he just he doesn't, on average, like to show <laughs> his teeth anyways. Just, right. just saying. And that's why you grow the beard and mustache, right? <laughs> exactly. That's what the mustache is there for, to hide. Yep. You see, you see a man with a beard and mustache, you know that's a man with bad teeth. <laughs> <laughs> hey now, total elimination. Sad but true. Total elimination is what it's called. <laughs> they do the total elimination. Uh, total eclipse of his teeth. Why not? Why the hell not? So what? we started out. Both you and I started out wrong. And that would go on to be yep. kind of the trend through NXT TakeOver. This is one of our worst shows you and I have ever, ever um, re- uh, um, not reviewed, predicted. Because you did, you right. won, and you beat me, but it, it, neither one of us would have had a stellar victory at the end. <laughs> um, so moving on, we had a match, um, which you and I were both... We were both talking about these are two guys who just the charisma alone could take this match to places it's never been. And you know what? They showed us some really good... They showed us more wrestling than I expected in this match. Yeah. Good. It was a fun ride. Very fun. The two personalities work so well together, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't. And I like the story going into it, how they try it, were tried as a tag team, didn't work out because of Velveteen. EC3 threw Velveteen in a pool for some reason, and now they got to fight. You know what? I, I haven't, I seen the, like, the little clip that they showed of the recap. I have heard that that is the most WWE main roster, um... Pre, pre-shoot or clip or pre-tape. pre-tape or whatever you want to say that NXT has ever done. I've heard that's just horrible, stupid, and dumb. I haven't watched it. I, yeah, it sh- I should just watch the like the YouTube clip of it just to at least see that clip. But I'm sure Vince busted it up when he watched it himself. He probably did. Ho, 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 that dream! I like that dream! If he could only give me a sign that he wanted to be on the main roster... If he could only give me a I big, want his chocolate black, voluptuous, round sign. A chocolate sign. <laughs> and I guess for whoever's listening to this who didn't watch NXT TakeOver 4 Brooklyn, uh, Velveteen Dream's tights had Call Me Up Vince on his ass. It was awesome. I marked. It took me so long yes, to it see was. it. 
Uh huh. I was wondering <laughs> what it was for like the first five minutes. And then I marked out. And then I finally saw it. I'm like, yeah, ah. I marked so hard when I seen that. And I was like, well, he's not getting called up for a long time now. <laughs> At first, I thought it said, call me your prince or something. Oh, that would make sense with the, with the like, prince what? references and stuff. Right. He's yeah. a, a prince like. And then I saw, call me up, Vince. Uh, rumors and spoilers, too, at NXT tapings this week. Um, Johnny Gargano came out seeking a pity from the crowd for failing when he told them he wasn't going to fail. Oh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> and the, the crowd started chanting at him. They started chanting Johnny failure. Yep. And then later on in the night, prompted from the crowd, he... Just Velveteen Dream just spontaneously came out with a Johnny Failure t-shirt. <laughs> Not only that, the crowd's turning against Gargano and Champa has music now. What the hell's happening to yep. the world? It's getting flipped I told you, as soon as we realized out. he was the greatest heel ever, he wasn't the greatest heel ever anymore. Mm-hmm. Hey, it happened it to Kevin that Owens. Instant. Yep. Fuck happened to the Miz, but the Miz took a lot longer. Yeah, the Miz took a lot longer. It was a different world back then. A different Miz back then, to be fair. Miz Miz had a long journey, but I think he needed that long journey. Um yeah. and, and I don't mean that in a negative, because he's he's at an amazing place right now, and I'd call him one of the best entertainers performers. One of the best performers in pro wrestling right now. But I feel like he would not be had he got pushed immediately. Because he he had to fight, but in a different way than these indie darlings had to fight. Which, I mean, we're getting a little off topic here. so. Um, but it all connects in the end. <laughs> chocolate end! Yeah, no, this was a... A chocolate sign. <laughs> Uh, I truly enjoyed this. this Velveteen Dream won. He defeated EC3. Yes, he did. The good thing about... The the other thing I love about TakeOver shows, even though TakeOver is a lot shorter, obviously, than NXT, they give their performers time. This was the second... Less matches, more... Yeah, this was the second shortest match of the night, and it was at 15 minutes. Holy shit. That's good. You can tell a story in 15 minutes. A good story. Both men look good. EC3 got over even though he lost the match. Uh, Velveteen Dream finally pulled out that one just like I thought he would. EC3 got over more than Velveteen Dream, if you ask me. This was EC3's coming out match right here. This is where he said, fucking I am a contender. And you got to give a lot of credit to Dream for that. Dream made EC3 look good. EC3 did it too, but Dream did too. Ooh, beer break brought to you by B-Sticks Podcast. Fat Mac, what you sipping on tonight? I'm sipping on your mama's coochie. We should make a fruity beer called your mama's coochie. Your mama's coochie. (laughs) 
strawberry flavored. You know why? Strawberry, strawberry sells her money for crack to the dope man, dope man. <laughs> oh, what the fuck are we doing here, pasty? I don't know. What are you drinking? I'm, I'm just drinking Coors Light tonight. I didn't get anything special. Ooh. I was going to make t- uh, tomato champagne in honor of TakeOver. But I forgot to buy Miller High Life. So I didn't. Yep. I did not. I didn't get a chance either. One of these weeks. One of these weeks. One of these weeks, brother. Tomato champagne. Have the tomato champagne, brother. We should just keep keep tomato juice in house, and every week we'll make tomato champagne with beer, whatever beer we well, have. Well, I have. I mean, I have. Get weird. I have V8 here right now. I mean, I can do it right now. <laughs> you know what? Give me a second, pasty. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get me uh, a clamato. All right. This is the part where we would normally plug our sponsor, but seeing as we don't have a sponsor, I've got nothing to plug. Except for coming up this September. Be sure to check out the Nomadic Get Down. That's right, folks. All your funky friends who brought to you the Galactic Get Down will be bringing you a little fall frolic in the Nomadic Get Down. Featuring performance by Smokin' Joe, May Simpson Music, Heatboxin' Friends, Dead Larry, and more. And the best part is, it's all ages. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your nasty old grandma. It'll be a hootenanny. Hootenanny! Down at the Nomadic Get Down. At the Nomad World Pub Outdoor Stage in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Tickets in advance are only $15 and $20 at the door if you can't get them in advance. Kids get in for free under the age of 15. I'm excited. I'm so excited. And what they're saying. They're going to do multiple mine. of these throughout the year leading up know, to the I next know, Galactic know, Get know, Down. I know. I want you. I want you. No, it should be fun. It should be very fun. I'm going to try to make my way out there. We'll see what happens. But you definitely should. Yeah, dude. I, if we, we should definitely do this where we make tomato champagne with any kind of beer. So, like, our IPAs or that blueberry beer. Make some weird shit. Might not always be good, but, we'll but it'll always be And we're going to start on Vince McMahon's birthday in honor of Vince McMahon. I just opened the Coors Light. Got me a little V8 right Vince here. Vince McMahon's favorite beer. And I'm going to mix them together. Let's see if you can hear this. You put the line in the coconut and mix them all up. I don't know how well you can hear me pouring, if at all. I could hear it pretty okay. <clears throat> so I poured it. You got a nice little mix there. And unsurprising, because I've had this mix a lot, because I enjoy oh, my yeah. Coors Light, and I enjoy Basic. my V8. This is a good drink. I very much enjoy the Coors Tomato Champagne. Next week on Beef, next week on Beef Sticks Podcast, we'll have a different <laughs> tomato champagne. 
for your listening pleasure. Should we do it as long as Champa has the championship? And, and that sounds like a good idea. As long as Champa is champy, we do champagne. Champa champy champagne. That's what we'll call it. That's our Champa champy champagne. We'll do something different every time. This one, and, and we'll just like we do our beer. We'll just kind of tell you a little bit about it, how it tastes, how it is. This one, I don't know how to explain these things if you've never had one. Um, but it, it's good. It's enjoyable. It's a not quite a watered down tomato juice, but more of a, a tang. Well, yeah, it's, it's a tangy, lighter tomato juice. Something that you would enjoy just just on a hot summer's day out in the sun sipping i think more of a spring spring i love a good chilada when when i think of vegetables yeah yeah it's good stuff definitely good stuff so i'll be drinking that throughout the night as we move on to what I knew I was going to lose as soon as I seen the Undisputed Era 1, the NXT <laughs> North American Championship. Ricochet versus Adam Cole. And by all accounts, this should have been match of the night, and it still wasn't. It should have. This yeah. would have been the match of the night yeah. on any other fucking night. Mm-hmm. Ricochet and, and Adam Cole should despise Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano because they should have <laughs> took away this night. Um, th- what I liked about this, Ricochet, Ricochet started out wrestling. He didn't go to his high-flying, flippy-floppy stuff. He seemed to have, again, storytelling. He seemed to want to prove a point mm-hmm. that... He's not a one-note character. I can take Adam Cole at his game. I can bring it to the mat, take him out. Now, about halfway through, Ricochet had to bring out his moves, the stuff he's used to, the stuff that works for him. But that's, again, part of the storytelling. He can't quite get Adam Cole at his game. Adam Cole, he's going to make Adam Cole play Ricochet's game then. Right. And... God damn, was this a showcase or what? This was a showcase. Bob Barker would be proud of this showcase. <laughs> the price is right. Not a good Bob Barker impression. I don't I don't do impressions very well, folks. Even with better audio quality. <laughs> that's right. It wasn't just the audio quality that was making my shit terrible. <laughs> The, the one thing I want to talk about this match that I want to highlight the most is that goddamn super kick Adam Cole hit when Ricochet was doing a springboard moonsault. Yeah. They timed Upside that. Down. Yeah, they timed that so perfectly that they could show the replays with the hard camera just face to face. Usually. They changed the camera angle so that, so it looks the best, so it looks like they got as close as they could. I mean, Adam Cole hit Ricochet in the face with that super kick so perfectly to where 
I believe he made contact, but he obviously didn't hurt him. I mean, these two... Right, just enough contact, because you could see a shift yeah. in, in Ricochet's yeah. body when the contact was made. Like, perfect. It, was, it doesn't get They either practiced that. that so many times and just nailed it, or they got super lucky. Either way, it looked so amazing. That was that had to be the spot of the night. I mean, and don't get me wrong, yeah. Gargano and Champa had some awesome spots, but just skill wise, to me, that was the spot of the night. Yeah, at that point, I was convinced Adam Cole was retaining. Didn't happen that way. <laughs> no, it didn't. And and I'm I'm not opposed to that. I get so worried about what's going to happen to Ricochet when he gets on the main roster that I want him uh-huh. to get as much success as he can in NXT. Adam Cole, I'm not too worried about, and I may eat my words, folks. I un- I understand that. It's happened before. Um, Austin Aries is a good example. But I-, I truly am not worried for Adam Cole. I think he should do great on the main roster. He's not as big as some guys, but he's not as small as some guys. And he's just, he's got, whenever they talk about the it factor, he's got it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if anybody can fill the CM Punk void, Adam Cole can pull that off. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good Mm -hmm. one. I never thought about that, but yeah, he definitely could be this generation's CM Punk. Wow. That's a mm-hmm. good analogy. I think about it every time I see Adam Yeah? Cole. That's a good analogy. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah. They're both just workhorses that just put on amazing matches and have that it factor, that something about yeah. them that draws you to them. And he didn't have to even write, call me up Vince on his ass to get the point <laughs> Right. He also didn't have an infer- interference from the Undisputed Era. No. So you got to give which him... Which was another surprising... Yeah, thing. but you got to give him credit for that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to try to turn UE face or not. I mean, that that's beside the point, but I give him credit. They didn't come out. They didn't interfere. He lost like a man. Hey. Hey. Man, I want Undisputed Era as a unit to come up to the main roster together and go head-to-head with the Shield. That would be good. That would be great. Yeah, those... F- they could come up the same way the Shield came up, too, where they just start interfering and beating people down. And then the Shield's like, hey, wait. That's our shit. But let them beat Shield at their own game because you bring them up yeah. When all four of them are healthy, and they have the numbers yep. advantage on the shield. Yes. Yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> and that's where you get your Ambrose turn, even. Boom! Oh, yeah. That would work great. God, I would love that. That would be awesome. Because... Honestly, the Undisputed Era is what the Shield was originally supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be Ambrose, Rollins, and Sammy Callahan, I believe, wasn't it? 
Yeah. If I'm remembering right. If I remember right, at least according to CM Punk, and people have disputed this, so so this is CM Punk's... To, that CM Punk came up with the idea that they bring these three indie darlings up as a cohesive group, and he be in charge of them as the kind of the ringleader. And it would be Seth Rollins... Dean Ambrose, and Sammy Callahan, and they would come up and run rough shit uh, over everybody. And WWE took Punk out of the picture and then removed Callahan and added their Golden Boy Reigns, and the rest is history. For, for better or worse, the rest is history. But that's originally what The Shield was going to be. It was going to be a group of indie darlings that came up and just dominated the main roster saying, hey, we're good enough. Before, you know, coming in the gate, we're good enough. That would have been really interesting to see with Ambrose's uh, past with Callahan. Right? Which I think is how it started out. I uh, think they they started out with like, oh, they have mm -hmm. a tag team relationship. Oh, Seth Rollins, you know, he's, he's great. We love him. Oh, Ambrose, you never, you know, Ambrose and Callahan, you guys have never really fought Seth. Hey, let's get together. I, I may be wrong on it being Sammy Callahan, but I know it was another indie darling, and that's the name that's jumping out to me. I want to say Sammy Callahan's the one that I, I, heard I believe it is as well. And again, that's Yo. coming from Punk, and that has been disputed in the past. It's not true. That's not what happened. So we're just giving you secondhand knowledge here, folks. I'm not trying to say that I talked to Dean Ambrose and he let me know this. Speaking of talking to Dean Ambrose, Kyrie Sane beat Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Champion. <laughs> the captain. Oh, captain. Yeah. This this was another actually really good... I was surprised at how good this match was. Shayna Baszler dominated for the most part. I thought I was losing because I voted for Kyrie Sane because I love her. And she's one of my faves. I I I hope for and dread when Kyrie gets called up and her and Oscar in a tag team. One part of me is gonna be like, oh my god, it's gonna be the most dominant female tag team ever, and the other part of me is like, oh my god, they're just gonna be stuck being a stereotypical tag team, and neither one's ever gonna go anywhere. But uh, this was a really good a good match, Shayna. She uh, she wrestled her game. She did the ground and pound the whole time. Mm -hmm. And didn't give Kyrie much offense until towards the end. Kyrie hit a beautiful, beautiful um, flying elbow for the win. I even though I voted for Kyrie, I well, I think this was the one even last week I said I was so divided on because and it wasn't because of Kyrie. It was because of Shayna. It was either yeah. they're going to keep her. She doesn't need to lose it. Yeah, yet. it was. They were either going to keep her looking strong because they want to call her up, or they're going to have her lose it because they want to call her up. Either way, I'm pretty sure by or at, at least at least after Evolution, Shayna's going to be on the main roster, if not before. Mm. So. I'm hoping by because I told you my ultimate theory. Which there's just there's evolution. just not enough time, pasty. That's supposed to be in what September oh, so or good. October. There's it's only so like a good. month or you two away. Do it. 
You're talking about the horse women, totally right? Do it. That's not yes. en- there's not enough time. And, and see, Shayna lost here, and that's where my theory started. And then the results of the women's matches in SummerSlam had me like, oh, God, maybe this isn't going to happen. But then I thought about it. And if you have the four horsewomen of the WWE with their captain, the champion, Charlotte, versus the four horsewomen of UFC with their captain, the champion, Ronda Rousey, in a War Games match... The first War Games match on WWE main broadcast show on the first women's pay-per-view in WWE history. How fucking epic. I don't think you could get more epic. And that would line up just right with NXT TakeOver War Games for this year. And I, I love it in theory. I love, on paper, it's awesome. But Jessamine and Marina have just been training for, what, a, a little over a month now. They, I can't see them putting them in a big event like that that soon. I just, number one, I think it's not good for you can't see either Vince of them to. Do that to. Because if you look at the four horsewomen of WWE, you've got Charlotte and Becky, and then the two he stopped caring about a long time ago. Yeah, and three three out of those yes. four were in the indies for years, honing their craft. And Charlotte was well, had been training. They were in UFC for years, honing their craft. But they no, they haven't been. They haven't been honing pro wrestling at all. They've been honing MMA. No, but their own craft. So, and if they're not expected to do much, as. Bailey and Banks probably wouldn't be expected to do much. But Bailey and Banks were the experienced ones. And how great would it be to not have to sit through a women's championship match at the first women's? I just, I think you're hurting. Have both elevating. I think you're hurting them too. I think you're hurting Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir. (laughs) I think you're hurting them. No, nah, because nah, you'd end up giving the four horsewomen of UFC the win. But I don't care if you put them on TV and they of suck. Becky and Charlotte's beef. They're gonna and 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 Sasha and and Bailey's. But beef, by your theory, pasty, those would be the downfall of Team WWE. By your theory, Roman Reigns is over then because WWE put him over, even though he has oh, no experience. Roman Reigns is over, and as a matter who? of fact, let's get into some of the news I put down How earlier. How many boos have According he been getting? Brad Meltzer, been muting Roman it. Reigns. Reigns has just surpassed John the, Cena um, as WWE's number one merch seller. The raw, the numbers shield don't lie. Fans do what fans think are cool. Yeah, it's gonna. Those happen. numbers are skewed because, but the number of merch, the amount of merchandise that's available and made per wrestler varies by a lot. So if they only bring five. Um, let's say Miz shirts to a show and they bring 500 to a show, they can sell 500 Roman. They could sell 200 Roman and only five Miz, but the Miz sold out and Roman didn't even sell half. So those numbers do lie. They are skewed. How do you know how long they've been training with WWE? I'm sure you can't give me an exact date. Yes, because it's all public. It's all public um, record. Oh yeah, I can. I can. Okay, let's find that date. You look it up right now. When did the four horsewomen find that date? Find that date. 
I will actually. This is my prediction. May, May of this May. year. This is my May fantasy. of this year, pasty. May, June, July, August, September, October. Five months. That's about half a year. They so five months. It. They 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 started. They signed. How long was Rousey training? Not very. Yep, so May 7th, the, those two started training. So you're going to hurt... I'm just, I'm just saying, number one, you're going to hurt them. Number two... You're gonna, well, number one, you're going to hurt them because they're not going to look good. They're just going to look bad. because Not because they're bad, but because they don't have the training. Number two, they're going to look bad because pro wrestling fans, the people that watch these, these kind of events, know the women they want to see, and they don't want to see women that were fast-tracked and forced down their throat. They want to see women like Becky, Sasha, um, Bailey. Kyrie, Oscar. They don't want to see. They don't want to see Nikki. Four versus four in a war games match at Evolution. Uh, I don't see anybody complaining. If it's those four people, probably most of. If you're an NXT, the people that actually care about work rate, yeah. Nobody's gonna. Nobody's gonna be okay with that. I don't know. I just. I got this funny feeling. How long did Ronda Rousey train? Not five fucking months. Uh, a lot longer than, than they're getting. I don't think so. And let's be honest. Look at Ronda Rousey's UFC career and their UFC career. Some people like a Kurt Angle. Some people can do things others just can't. No no other pro or no other um, amateur wrestler could switch over like a Kurt Angle or a Brock Lesnar. We've seen it. We've seen Ken Shamrock try. We've seen Steve Blackman try. We've seen countless of these people try, and they don't make it. You have to have that something. Ronda does have that something. For one reason or the other, Ronda has that something. And you can't assume that everybody is going to have that something. I'm just saying, I don't think UFC people need as much training as you seem to think they do. They do because you actually have to yeah, untrain them. Some. You have to untrain them to be MMA wrestlers before you can even train them to be pro wrestlers. Uh, Bruce Pritchard has said it best. When you're um, in that kind of a, a, um, a career, your first instinct is to never be on your shoulders. In pro wrestling... You have to learn to be on your shoulders. Just that alone is one of the biggest things for these people to even understand. If you want to get a two and a half count, you have to let somebody put you on your shoulders for two and a half. Their instincts tell them to put it up. And you can say, yeah, but you tell them that it's that. Well, how many times have you started to drop something that's burning hot and you go to catch it and burn your hand? It's happened a lot because it's your instincts. 
Uh, from what I have here is we'll 2014. March of 2015. March of 2015. For Ronda Rousey. And... When did she, and she had her, her debut 2018, right? So three yeah. years of practice. That's a lot longer than six months, Pasty. Yeah, but Ronda Rousey would be also be your super soldier to train the UFC people. I agree, I agree, and I want to see it. I'm not arguing I don't want to see it, Pasty. I'm just saying evolution... It's it's gonna hurt everybody involved if they tried to push this match to the if if you want to have the match, just to have the match at this time and not when it's right for the time, it's gonna hurt it. You just gotta wait for when the match think, is right. I think it could be okay. I think it could be okay. And plus, like I said, the UFC women would have a better time because of the rivalries between Banks and Bailey and Becky and Charlotte. So there's going to be turmoil there anyway. We'll s- make it an easier time for them, and then they would get over more. And I guarantee you, any time the four horse women of UFC step in the ring, they're going to be more over than the four horse women of WWE. We'll just have to wait and see. We're spending a lot of time on talking about a pay per view that isn't even close to being ready yet. We are, but oh my god, how uh, great would that? It wouldn't. Be? It would suck. That's the Perfect. problem, Pacey. Is it would just fucking no, suck. It, <laughs> I love the idea. If this perfect. was two years from now, yes, I want to see it. I'd see it as a WrestleMania match. But the match itself is just gonna suck because you got people in there that have no idea what they're doing. It just wouldn't be a. Ama- it would just fucking suck. And it's like, oh hey, now I'm watching some. You shit make show. one ring be a WWE standard ring, and the other ring. Oh my gosh! Be an octagon now you're really getting ring. shitty. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna climb into the octagon. They start. No, the cage is not there. It's just. <laughs> they rope, start in the octagon. The They're gonna octagon. throw them over the octagon into the next <laughs> ring. Do you remember uh, World War Three from WCW? They had mm-hmm. two rings, and you had to throw them from one ring to the other ring. Then from that ring, you had to throw them out of the ring, and then the last two had uh, either pinfall or submission ending. Yeah, I could just... God. You're digging yourself a bigger hole, Pasty. I like I love the idea, and or, I love the match. Uh, I just think the timing would be way wrong. That That's all I'm saying. What was that shitty 90s movie wrestling comedy? No Bring Holds Barred? With what's his fuck? No Holds... Ah, uh, no. Oh, no. um, um... The one with, uh... With David, David Arquette. Arquette. That was, um... Steve Zissler. Yeah, the guy that never made a movie uh, since then. Steve Zahn. Yeah, with the king. <laughs> I know but, what you're talking about. Yeah. They had the fucking three cages on top oh, of each they other. Had, they had that on WCW. That was a War Games. They made a War Games yeah. with, the, with the triple cage. Oh, yeah, they did. The first cage is a normal match. The second cage is weapons. The third cage, the belt hangs, and you got to climb down and get into it. That's how, um, no, that's not how David Arquette won. He didn't win on that. Um, that No, that's how Vince Russo won the title. Vince Russo won in a War Games match like that, the triple cage. That was another blotch in pro wrestling at the time. Don't remind me, Pasty. It hurts. 
All right, we've really got to start fast-tracking here because we are we only got an hour left and we got a lot of shit to talk about. Anyways, Kyrie Sane beat Shayna Baszler. Really good match. Go out of your way to see it. Uh, mm-hmm. Last man standing NXT Championship match. Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. This is their third match. And most And fun. it's like each time you're like, they can't do better, they can't do better. And you know what? The first half of this match, I was like, yeah, it's good. Their last one was better. But this match went over <laughs> a half hour long. It went actually 33 yes, minutes and 42 seconds officially. And that last 15 minutes or 18 minutes, son of a bitch. And it, From the time Ciampa cut the, the ropes around the ring. Yep, yep. They did the old... Uh, started peeling it back again. Yep, um, expose the wood under the ring. Mm-hmm. Some, exposing the cement around the ring first with the two tables stacked up. Yeah. Yeah. It, and again, this was all storytelling. The reason the last 15 minutes made this match better was the storytelling. I can't even say it was what happened. I'm not sure it was the Yeah, and it's not or... like it was that much different from what we saw no, last time. No, it wasn't. There was a lot of the same spots, but they were made better. It was it was definitely what you'd expect in a Yeah, it was a certain look. It was that extra hesitation. It was that one extra punch. It was just there was always something that made an exclamation mark on what they were doing. You really really felt it. This this match, and I hate to say this because it's going to sound bad, but this match is the definition of why people call wrestling a soap opera. In the best way. I don't mean that yes. in a negative way. In the best way, this is what makes it a soap opera. Yeah. No, these guys are fucking stars, and they're going to be that way for a long time. <laughs> Actually, in an interview this week, Paul Levesque, a.k.a. <laughs> Triple H, OMG, TMI, R-O-T-F-L-M-A-O. He's going to pedigree you one that of these although, days for how you say his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going to pedigree you. But stated that although Tommaso, tomato, tomato, champagne may be the biggest heel in recent history. He loves the women. The same could not be further from the truth backstage at NXT. And stated that all three, Ciampa, Gargano, and Aleister Black, are all standout locker room leaders. And this match is a great depiction of why they are such great locker room leaders. Because during their match, they're helping to tear the arena down. They're making the jobs of other people easier later in the night. But that's not why Tomacho has a, has a good heart. Apparently, during the May Young Classic... Um, and I, I don't have it in front of me now. Is it in the news, Pasty? You said you, you have this in the news? Uh, when, um, what's her... Uh, I don't remember who got hurt. Oh, here we go. Uh, oh, you don't have it in here. You just said that he said he likes them. Oh, you, you didn't have it in here why he's a good guy. I wanted to talk about... <laughs> Anyways, the some, reason... Some woman got injured. <coughs> the reason... Triple H goes backstage to check he, on um, it, and tomato champagne's already there with Yeah, ice. yeah. Tommaso ice has baby. ice on her knee. He's taking care of her. 
he's the one there taking care of her while everybody else is doing their stuff. So, backstage, Tommaso is, is really hitting it up. And yeah, he did say Tommaso Gargano, and he even threw Aleister Black's name in there as locker room readers, leaders. But... Readers. They read stories. To like Brock Lesnar did on, on the last Raw. <laughs> <laughs> they're all they're taking a page from Brock, but no, he's definitely he's one of the first people there to to help other people. He doesn't actually want to see anybody hurt. He's he's helping take care of the the folks. He, he's a veteran at this point in his career, you know. Him and Gargano and Black, so they definitely and should look be at leaders. Him. Those beady eyes and that beard can't fool me. He's a sweetheart. He's got music now, so I I agree. Uh, and we got to we got to talk about the fact that the ending again uh, Gargano cost himself the match. Tommaso was down; he was handcuffed down, so he couldn't even get up. It, it wasn't even physically he couldn't get up because he was handcuffed down. Gargano had to go for one more knee strike instead of just... You can't blame Gargano for that. You blame the crowd who is asking. Well, just in storytelling-wise, it seems like Gargano keeps getting in his own way, right? He did with the the ring, and he did it here again, where he had to get one more knee strike in. He went for one more knee strike. Storyline-wise, I know a lot of people are reporting it's real. It's not real. Storyline-wise, he blew out his knee. He couldn't get back up, and Tommaso was able to roll off the stage he was on into a standing position on the concrete at the last moment. Hardly standing. Correct. It held up by the the same handcuffs that Gargano (laughs) put on him. Gargano literally gave Tommaso the win. Literally. So that's why we know this one isn't over yet. This can't be over yet. We got more to see from them. Usually you say the third match, you want it to be the last match. Um, No, not in this I didn't think there was any way Gargano was losing this one, being the third match. But now it feels like there's another match, and and Gargano's going to get his win. A hundred more main events, Johnny. (laughs) You You and me, me, Johnny. (laughs) We're just, we're not, we're going to go, you and me forever, www.champagnewrestling.com, just uh, you and I, I'm just, I'm doing it for the ice cream bars, WWE ice cream bars, I'm doing it and then I'm going <laughs> to, you forgot about them WWE ice cream bars, didn't you, pasty? <laughs> Yeah, they've been replaced by pancakes. Oh, fuck. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Uh, With that being said, we'll just move right along to the slam of the summer. The summer of the slam. Pump up the jam. I think we can fast track through the kickoff show. Kickoff show, is there anything you want to super discuss or can I just knock down the results? Uh, let's just get it. So, Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega beat uh, Lana and Rusev. In a very predictable match. Yep. Cedric Alexander defended his Cruiserweight Champion successfully against Drew Gulak. In a very predictable match. And the B-Team successfully defended their Tag Team Championships against the Revival. And how great was that? 
I loved it. I love that they're the underdogs who don't even have to try to get the wins. Because they're going to lose. They just fall in the right places. Curtis Axel didn't look so great in this match, but Bo Dallas really stood out in my mind. Yeah. And their segment with The Miz right afterwards was... Was great. Perfect. Yeah, where, where The it. Miz thought they were going out to fucking... Uh, <laughs> To congratulate him or, or like wish him luck, wish him yeah. luck. It was, and they're like, "No, we're heading out. We're champions." Un- Unfortunately, Miz, we're no longer the Miz Taraj. We're the B team, and you know what the B team stands for? Brian, Brian, Daniel, <laughs> yep. Brian. That was awesome. B team, B team, go, go, go! It was actually, I will admit that it was kind of out of nowhere, and I felt like that it was kind of forced. Like, they've never been Daniel Bryan supporters, so it was kind of weird, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. I'll put it in the... Get some over, I'll put Mark. it in the It's All Right area. Uh, so, moving on to the real show, we started out with a, a barn burner, man. Intercontinental Championship match, Seth Rollins. Oh, first of all, before we go any further... We have to say, Pasty White won the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn for Escape from New York, Revenge of the Sith, and returns um, with a score of 2-1, to one, folks. <laughs> we were fucking killing it on Brooklyn 4. 2-1. to one. So, Pasty won, but man, Mac only got one. Let me just say that. I won't I won't comment on yours, Pasty. I'll just say I only got one fucking rate, and that was the women's NXT championship match. So, <laughs> rough, rough night Well, I only Mac. got two rates, so I'll take what I can Yeah. Icy title match, Seth Rollins with Dean Ambrose in his corner. It looked like uh, Triple H. I think it was Triple H, but they said it was Dean Ambrose. Still looks like Triple H. Uh, defeated Dolph Ziggler with Drew McIntyre in his corner to become the new Intercontinental Champion. Uh, 22 minutes. This went long. It was a good match. It was, I mean, it wasn't a bad match. I enjoyed it. I thought it should have been better, but they opened up the show really well. And I feel like the IC title is a step backwards for Seth Rollins. If Brock would have kept the... Yeah, but it'll be a step forward for Dean Ambrose when he decides to switch. Yeah, that's that kind of And we of know that'll it... happen eventually. Maybe not as soon as we're hoping, because WWE hears all of us saying, yeah, it's going to happen, it's going right. to happen. So they'll hold it off for as long as possible, but... I don't think I could think of a better way to start the pay-per-view than this match. Yeah, it yeah, it was definitely the right way to start the pay-per-view because it was solid but didn't set the bar too hard, too high. Um It went 22 minutes and I felt like it didn't need 22 minutes. I think I would have been happy with 15 to 17 minutes. But they want to give us these supersized shows. And they don't want to give us everybody. They don't want to give us Randy Orton. They don't want to give us Sasha. They don't want to give us Bailey. They don't want to give us Bobby Lashley. They don't want to give us Bobby Roode. So instead of giving us people we want to see, they make matches longer than they need to be. 
Um, again, very. I, I'm very happy about this pay-per-view, but I'm seeing some flaws in their new system of the dual-brand pay-per-views, and that's one right there. I don't know. I think it's about time Dolph Ziggler got... I mean, he just had a 30-minute Iron Man match, but he's he's getting the length he needs to get what he can do in the ring out there for people to see. Uh, too, too late, though. That, that doesn't help Ziggler at this point. Ziggler's never going to win the world championship. He'll be lucky to win a, a major singles championship again. I'm it sure just uh, If this was Drew McIntyre, I would say yes. I would I would say exactly what you said is true. Let him get out there and show everybody what he can do. Ziggler, everybody who cares already knows what he can do. This isn't helping Ziggler at all. Hey, to be fair, I don't think it's helping Seth at all. But I agree with you that I think this is setting up more the Shield storyline than anything else. I just feel, I, I, I liked it. I liked the match. I loved the pay-per-view. I just feel like, hey, knock it to 15-17, it would have been a little better. That, that's my feelings in general. I enjoyed it. I was very happy. First match of the night, and I got a nice, nice, meaty, fucking hard-hitting, fast-paced yep. match. And that's what I wanted. Agreed. SmackDown Live Tag Team Championships. The New Day defeated the Bludgeon Brothers. But by DQ, Bludgeon Brothers are still champions. For a day? Yeah. Yep. Um, well, two days. Two days. Yeah, yeah SmackDown. Yeah, two days. Um, this, yeah. Was, again, this was a good match. It was Big E and Xavier Woods. Um, did you notice the... Um, we, well, you and I kind of talked about it, Pasty. The outfits of the night. Um, let me not go... Let's go back a little bit. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was wearing a Thanos-themed outfit of the night. Complete yes, with was. a gauntlet boot on his right leg for the curb stomp. That was so fucking awesome. I loved that outfit. I loved it to death. Now, moving on to NXT. Let me see if I remember... What everybody's outfits were. Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston had Sonic the Hedgehog. And he had the rings. Uh, Big E. Oh, they all had the, the, the video games. Which ones were they? Help me out, pasty. I... Don't know because I don't know that I noticed. To be oh honest. no, we were even texting about the uh, outfits. Um, yeah, but I don't think we were talking about New Day's outfits. Well, we yeah, we just kind of talked in general about um, about what was there. Um, God, everybody had. Well, first of all, the Bludgeon Brothers looked badass as they they tend to do. They always do. They always look badass. Oh, so we had Sonic the Hedgehog with Kofi. We had... Oh, it was Knuckles was Big E. Because he was the big uh, heavy. And... um, He should have been Big the Cat. And Kofi... Or not Kofi... Yeah, and (laughs) and, uh, Xavier Woods, the one flying around, was Tails. 
So they were all themed with uh, Sonic characters. It was Sonic, Tails, and um, Knuckles. So that was pretty awesome. Let me just put that out there. That was badass. The outfits throughout the night, I thought, were just awesome, to be fair. Um, yeah, definitely treating this like a big event again, finally, after all these Truly days. did, which is going to bring up a point I found awkward um, the day after, but that comes up here. Otherwise, this was a good match. Uh, didn't mind it. You and I both picked Bludgeon Brothers because we knew they would stay champs. We were right about them staying champs, but obviously they got DQ'd, so we lost on a technicality. Yeah, we both picked the same people, so no big deal, right? Good match, though. Not great. Yeah. Prob- probably. No, it was good. Probably. I mean, it was good to see the New Day push them to the point where they had to get themselves disqualified to retain them. It was. It it, it made you think that, (laughs) hey, maybe New Day has something still in them. Which, obviously, they did. you could definitely tell when Harper fucked up his shoulder. Yes. Or Rowan Rowan screwed up his shoulder. And uh, this is probably the worst or second worst match of the night. And with that being said, it was a good match. When you can say that a good match was the worst or second worst. All right, next we had the Money in the Bank contract match. If Kevin Owens beat Braun Strowman by any means, count out, DQ, anything, Kevin Owens would get the Money in the Bank contract. Um, And this was just a squash match. Braun Strowman beat the (laughs) fuck out of Kevin Owens, and it was over. It's like, holy shit. Which is, even before, I think before it happened, didn't I say that, Pasty, that it it should be a squash and um, yeah. and sure enough, it was a squash, which is good. I feel like it would have hurt Strowman if it wasn't. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, he can fit a squash in his ass. A pumpkin, though, it's you know. The only thing is, little, little iffy. They're really hurting Kevin Owens. I know he's a heel, and you can play chicken shit for so long, but I don't. I don't think they know what they're doing with Kevin Owens. There was no way for Kevin Owens to come out of this on top. No. Even though I voted for Kevin Owens, too. I think after this and after Strowman's heat's not on Owens anymore, now it's on Reigns. I think Kevin Owens will probably have something good going for him, especially since he did just re-sign well, a contract with them. They have to find something good for him, though. His last few feuds yeah. have just been... He's a mid-carder right now. He's a mid-carder at best. Well, sometimes you have to be. Um, Hogan, Rock, they would all disagree with you. Cena, they would all disagree with you. And there's only room for a couple of those in an era. But we don't have one right now. We have zero. AJ Styles? No. Roman Reigns? No. I wouldn't say either of those are ones that absolutely have to be in the main event all the time. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yes. He's a part-timer, though. <laughs> That's the problem. We Kevin Owens doesn't have to be a, a mid-carder. He could be a main eventer. But we'll see what happens. I, I hope the best for him, because he's one of my favorites. Uh, next we had the SmackDown Live Women's Championship Triple Threat. Carmella defending her title against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair won. 
even though that the only two people that could really benefit from this lost, <laughs> she still won. One thing I... You know, this was a good match for what it was worth, It was. I loved Becky Lynch's outfit. Nobody else seems to. I know you didn't like it, Pasty. (laughs) I thought the dark colors really contrasted so much with Carmella and Flair's that it kind of foreshadowed her dark turn. Yeah, see, you were thinking the exact same thing. One thing I want to mention, though, a shout-out to all three women that all three women wore pink in their outfits, and I almost assume had to have been done purposefully in recognition of Jim the Anvil Neidhart, Natalia's father. I could be reading more into that than it is, but I found it super ironic that all three wore pink. So, if that was what it was, good for them. If it wasn't, uh, fucking still, Anvil. Good for them anyway. Yeah, rock on, (laughs) Anvil. Um, yeah, this was a, a good match that actually had a lot of storytelling in it. And and you don't expect that mm-hmm. from this. Um, yep, Carmella did good heel things. Better than good lucha Slapping things. Slapping Becky Lynch in the back of the head and then acting like Charlotte. Yes, it. that's perfect. Sorry. That really made me yeah. think of two people, actually. It made me think of Bobby the Brain Heenan. And it made me think of Eddie Guerrero. And I was like, either of those two people, immediately for some reason, both of those names just snapped in my mind like, oh, I could see them both doing it. (laughs) Carmella. Man, she's winning me over. She's getting better in the ring, and she's still... Man, she's still not good in the ring. But she's getting better, and it looks like she's trying. But as a heel in this match, she didn't have to do all that much. Yeah, as her personality, she seems to be getting her personality over. And let's be honest, the women's revolution is done, dead, far gone, doesn't exist anymore. And they want good-looking women who have personalities now. That's what they're looking for. And Right, now it's the women's evolution. They took the R out and replaced it with PG. Yeah. Yeah, so now it's like, I mean, and Alexa Bliss fits that role, although I feel Alexa Bliss is is really working hard at being a good pro wrestler, and I think she's light years above Carmella. But, I mean, if you look at it now, it obviously isn't about the wrestling anymore. It is about, again, being a good-looking model with a personality. That's what they're looking for now. That's who they're going to push in the women's division. We had a moment, folks, where the women mattered. They don't anymore. Move on. The match that we thought was going to steal the night and... Yeah, probably stole the night. Yeah. (laughs) I honestly think it did. This is the best match on main WWE I have seen in a long time. My God, it was amazing. Samoa Joe beat AJ Styles again by DQ. God, they're killing us. Which is... Killing us. It's totally fine. It was. Totally oh, it was fine. perfect. I loved the ending. I loved this whole... Mm-hmm. I mean, it couldn't have been any... I think I... Did I message you saying that I just love the ending? I, I know I was talking to people. I never remember. I'm After sure. a handful you of beers... You message me every now and yeah, then. Yeah, I forget who exactly I talked to and why I talked to them and what for, but... This was... I. This brought back reminiscence of old Joe AJ. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. The 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 storytelling in this match was 
And not to compare it with the Attitude Era and the way a lot of people think, but Attitude Era epic levels of getting the point across. Oh, truly. I mean, this was... They were all very good at storytelling, and this one definitely had the best storytelling in it. And it makes sense. These two guys have been with each uh, have been against each other with each other around each other forever i mean it was just mm-hmm. it was great i i thought it was great i thought it was great um just just wailing on him and then and then when when joe um when Styles is whapping more, whapping Joe with the steel chair and, and, and getting the DQ, and he's like, and the, we can't even get there yet. We gotta get to Samoa Joe taking Styles out of the ring, slamming him against the stairs, and grabbing the microphone, what? and talking to his wife and saying, "Wendy, I knew I was, I, I knew I promised you I was gonna send him <laughs> home." Well, it turns out he's not coming home. But I'll be but your I'll daddy. Be daddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was ah. that was just. Perfect. It was great. Joe, maybe, uh, no, you know, Kevin Owens and Joe might be right up there. Uh, Miz, those those three got to be our best. Mike, oh, I guys. think, I think in this and match Joe, and, and the promos leading up to this match, Joe stood head and shoulders over anybody as a Mike guy. Who cut yeah. a promo in this. I mean, company. Joe, I think proved yeah. that he is like, definitely a hurts. promo guy for sure. I loved when he was reading the note. To AJ Styles and how it was written and how it came to be that it was from his wife. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and the just, timing, the way he read it and the timing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was just so, so perfect. You know they have to be letting Joe do somewhat of his own writing backstage. It's got to get approved. I think so, and I and I think, but. That's very Joe and very not WWE writing. I staff. think Joe is definitely a Triple H guy. I think he is. Yeah. That could be good or bad in the long run. I don't know. But for right now, I think it's good. And, um, yeah, it, it's just so good. Such good storytelling. There's not... A lot you can really put into words, other than like you said when when he grabbed the mic and said he's gonna be their new daddy and everything. Um, and the fact that we've seen Styles just completely come unglued. I mean, I think that's great. Styles did a yeah. great job of portraying his part of being pushed over the edge. I I thought mm. he did just great. And then <laughs> um, as Styles is just wailing on his st- daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You go ahead. No, but as Styles is wailing on Joe and the crowd is chanting along, Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? <laughs> Driving him deeper into the mess. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it was it was nuts. And then as he was done, he, he, he finally stopped and the crowd chants, One more time! One more time! One more... It was just... It was really good, and AJ sold it to the end. To the end, after the match, he went over to his wife and daughter. His wife begging him to stop. Yeah, yeah. it's 
I can see that. I mean, this has to keep going. This ha- obviously down to his daughter pulling away. Oh, not wanting to hug. <laughs> that him. was pretty funny, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was, that was for what was being told there. That was perfect. it was, and I don't think that was planned. That's the thing. It was like she's like, oh, and it's like, oh my god, they're 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 telling this story, and that I don't think that was planned. It might have been. I don't think it was planned. No, I, I I don't think when you get a kid that young, I don't think you can really have. Stuff I don't that think planned. so. I don't think it was planned, but it. But it's only going to help. It's one of those things that's really... Yeah. They can play that in I, clips afterwards where Joe's talking about how you've gone too far, AJ. Your family doesn't even... You know, you're a different person. Your own child is scared of you. And they can oh yeah, play that that's clip. That's going to build so well into their future story. And I hope, like, at some point, AJ comes home off the road and finds Samoa Joe at the house. He doesn't have to be doing nothing, just at the house. You know, hanging out with the family. And how great of a father is AJ Styles when he only got tickets for his wife and his daughter and his, his three sons were nowhere to be found. That is good storyline-wise. I was Like I was talking to everybody here, I was like, you know all the older kids are in the back hanging with the wrestlers. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the young one, you know, isn't young enough to be on her own, so she's with mom, but the rest are in the back hanging with the wrestlers. But yeah, it, it does help storyline-wise. The only hmm. thing I'm disappointed at with this is I really wish that Christopher Daniels was here to be part of this because those three are always, I mean, they're just, those three are an entity mm-hmm. and they work so well together that it's just a shame that Christopher Daniels isn't around for this. I wish that WWE could bring him in even on a short term contract for like two pay-per-views and a handful of raw appearances or whatever. But um, or SmackDown appearances, I should say. But it's um, that's the only thing I'm. Da- Otherwise, this was man. I I got lost in this match. I was truly. Yeah. I was yelling. I was screaming. I was jumping up. I was fist pumping. I was. You know everything. I was super. This is the one that super sucked me in. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you could tell with how this match played out that these guys have had far more experience than their time in WWE together. Right. The way it all came together, the way they played off each other verbally and in the ring, like, <coughs> doesn't get better than this. It doesn't. I would have to say this is a it's a hard contender for Matt. match of the weekend alongside Gargano and Ciampa. Yeah, it definitely. It, it is because they both have the story behind it. And they both had really good in-ring work. Now we followed that with a story that's literally eight years in the making, Pasty. Literally eight years in the making. Who would have think... Literally. WWE would spend eight years on a storyline. But they did. Uh, they, they never expected it to pay they off. They didn't. And, of course, they didn't start the storyline on Talking Smack because Vince didn't like that. <laughs> they weren't scripted. No, they... they it was never it planned definitely to be this wasn't. Way. I mean... But, yeah. But you go all the way back to when Miz was Daniel Bryan's uh, NXT pro and they hated each other. And they've just, they've just kind of always been in each other's lives one way or the other. This was the other match that the storytelling was just... Uh, this is another, I hate to say it, but man, soap opera. 
fuck, this was soap opera. Yeah. All the way through, mm. this was soap opera. The Miz, he... I give him shit for all of his fucking C-list movies, but in the ring here, he was an A-list actor. God damn. Yeah. Him and Daniel Bryan both just fucking... They killed it. They told a good story. Um... And it wasn't a bad wrestling match, but they but it wasn't a, a good wrestling match. It was a feud. Good story. Yeah. That had an awesome story. Yeah, exactly. I love how when you text me there there's no baby in that baby carrier. No, I said there's something other than a baby in that baby car- carrier, which I was probably wrong about, but there was no baby in that baby carriage. Because they never right. once, she never once lifted it up to look at it. And you're not going to be there that right. long and not check it's on your baby. It's all misdirection. It was just yeah. to make it look like her and her baby were there. Obviously, a, a kid that young isn't going to be out there that whole time and you can't expect it to behave. But I, yeah, I have to admit, I honestly thought that was going to play into the ending at some point And it didn't at all. Which it could have. She gave him the fucking nucks. She could have took it out of the carriage. Right. Hit it in the baby diaper. But they didn't, so... They'll never check here. So, I'll admit, I was wrong on that. But there definitely wasn't a baby in there. It's a good match, good finish. Looking forward to the future of the rivalry. That is until SmackDown rolled around and Brie Bella came out and challenged Miz and Maurice to a mixed tag match at Hell in a Cell. Woo! No. At this rate, match three of their feud will be their two children fighting each other. No shit, right? But, yeah, this is definitely, this is going on. This isn't over yet. Um, It's good. This is a great commercial for Miz and Mrs. Can they take it to WrestleMania? That is the question. Oh, they can, because like I just said, this is an awesome commercial for Miz and Mrs. And that's basically... Sorry, and, and, total, and, and total, bellas. total Bellas. Yeah, and Total Bellas. And I'm sorry to Miz and Brian, but that's what this is about to WWE. And that's smart business. Yeah. I don't like it as a wrestling fan, but that is smart business, is use this as a commercial yep. to sell your two shows. Besides, we'll still get the payoff, payoff we want at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. So everybody wins in the end we just gotta kind of muddle through some stupid shit yep in the upcoming and if we get more matches like this i'm okay with that next we had the demon finn balor defeating constable baron corbin in a minute 35 seconds god now this made me so mad as soon as the music hit was like i should be able to change my vote this is where continuity really fucks with my head, and I know <laughs> you can't try to put logic in an illogical situation, and all wrestling is illogical, but okay. So Finn Balor felt he needed the demon to take on Baron Corbin in a one-on-one singles match with nothing on the line. Had a badass demon outfit, went out there, whooped his ass in under two minutes, a minute and a half. The next day... He was wearing the boogeyman's face. He was. The next day on Raw, he has a title match. 
<laughs> and he doesn't feel it's appropriate to bring the demon out for that and then gets his ass kicked. <laughs> what is his criteria for the fucking demon? I mean, okay, yes, if you're looking at it from a production standpoint, SummerSlam, second biggest show of the year, put the demon on there. But if you want us, WWE, to believe any little bit of your... If you want us to have some continuity, some storyline, some believability... Well, why? there's a little bit of logic. Okay, why? Finn Balor, Baron Corbin kind of been in the shit for a while. But Finn Balor can uh, easily Balor's beat Corbin any Corbin. day. Balor wants Corbin to be dragged to hell. So you punish him with the demon. Whereas Roman Reigns, verbally someone he says he respects and looks up to backstage, you'd bring yourself. I don't think so. I think if he respected him, he'd feel he has to bring his best and his all. I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. If, if you're saying the demon brings people to hell, but I haven't really s- yeah. seen them say that. Well, it only took him a thir- minute and 35 seconds to drag Corbin. Yeah, but, I mean, fucking Bo Dallas could beat Corbin in a minute 35. It's not saying a lot. It's fucking Constable Corbin. No. Uh, it, was, it was good. It told the story. I'm glad Corbin didn't go over on Finn. That would have pissed me off, especially once he came down in Demon. If he was the first one to beat the Demon, I'd have been pissed. It's okay. Corbin so, went over on Kurt Angle when Kurt Angle was future endeavored on, Smack, on Raw. He wasn't future endeavored. He was just allowed to wrestle again. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he he needs a vacation from his management. Yeah, no, this was probably the worst match of the night, and it, it wasn't even either of these guys' fault. A minute thirty-five. Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens had a purpose. This match was literally just a minute and thirty-five match that had no purpose. It was just two guys wrestling. To kill a minute and 35 seconds. That was literally all it was. It was definitely a shock to see the demon, though. We haven't seen the demon since he was supposed to face Bray Wyatt as Sister Abigail. Yeah, it was so. weird to see the demon for Constable Corbin. I feel like they upped the production value on his paint, though. It, it looked really fucking good. It was, well, they made a new one, and they got to make a new one every now and then. It was very carnage. So that was cool. I wish yeah. they'd still. I wish they'd move on. They've been sticking with the Venom Carnage look ever since he started. Do something different. You don't have to do something trademarked, but do something different. Well, okay, they did the fucking Pumpkin King. Let's not do that. They almost did it. They didn't quite do it. Yeah, that's. Up next, Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Jeff Hardy to retain. His United States title. This was a good match. Uh, I think you and I both loved Jeff. Again, Jeff's makeup and his outfit were just awesome. Yeah, I do love that he paints eyeballs on his eyelids and wears white-out contacts. Oh, by the way, again... It's it's a trip to watch. I forgot to, to mention the outfits. AJ Styles, I thought it was badass with the purple and gray. I was fucking marking out for that, too. Yeah. Cool shit. Yep. Cool shit, Barry. Like you said, Finn Balor's makeup was on point. Jeff Hardy's, like you said, the when you have eyeballs painted on your eyelids and then you have the white-out contacts, when your eyes are open, they look closed, and when they're closed, they look open. <laughs> and even though you know it's painting and the contacts, 
your mind takes a second yeah, to... Yeah, it trips your brain out a little bit. It does! Bit. Yeah. It does! Good match. Good match between these two. These two could have had a much better that match. How about swanton to the hardest part of the, ro- of the ring? Yes. The hardest part of the ring! <laughs> the first time I found out that was the hardest part of the ring, the apron. I never knew that. I'm glad they told yeah. me. I'm glad they told me. Um, very good match. Not enough. Cages are also made out of steel. Solid and steel. In the Solid chamber steel. match, it's bulletproof glass. Um, eleven minutes. These two could have been given more time. Like I said, the fucking icy title match with Seth and Dolph. You could have shaved off five minutes of them and given it to Shinsuke and Jeff easily. Um, these two guys, I, I liked this match. This is not a bad match. I can go back and rewatch this match. I am going to say Jeff Hardy Shinsuke could have had a better match. But again, when, when you're, when some of your biggest complaints are Shinsuke and Jeff had a good match, that's not bad. Yeah. That's just not that not bad. bad. No. Yeah, and at first I was kind of complaining, too, because Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy got put eighth in the 10-match slot, and Samoa Joe and AJ Styles had number five. But looking back at it, it definitely makes sense because you keep the momentum going throughout the night, and there's never a big, dull spot. That is something they did different this match also that they don't do a lot is they paced it correctly. I'm glad you pointed that out, Pasty. Mm -hmm. Because you're Pasty. That's how you know how they paced it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they did. They paced this very good. They did uh, big eventful matches and tag match and then a slow, quick match and then a women's match and then you had Joe and Styles and then you had Miz and Daniel and you did the Corbin match. Then you did the Shinsuke Nakamura and then you did the women's match, which is typically the bathroom break match, so the match before last. And then you had the universal title match. And yeah, they did. They paced this very well. And they got in at uh, just, I think, just under 10 o'clock, wasn't it? Or just at 10 o'clock. They timed it pretty well. Uh, shortly after for me, but I also rewound a couple of spots. Yeah, that's why you were behind me. Oh, no, that was Brooklyn. Sorry. That was the night before. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think it was just right around. I mean, they, they nailed their, their time, so good for them. Next up, we had women's championship match for raw ronda rousey defeated alexa bliss and the way i looked at it it either had to be ronda winning in a um in a squash or alexa winning in a long match i picked ronda rousey ronda rousey won in a squash four minutes whooped the shit out of alexa bliss she just basically talked a lot are you ready? Are you ready, <laughs> Bliss? I'm going to break your arm now. Are you ready for this? A lot, lot more talking than was necessary. Yeah, you you can but. tell. Um, again, more to my point, Pasty. But you can tell that even Ronda on a one-on-one match is still not quite there where she could be. Yeah. Um, she has some work to do. She's still green. I will also say, compared to a lot of other people with this... Little of experience, she could be a lot worse. Yeah. So, um, 
They brought out Alexa Bliss's and, double. Hey, huge props, yes, to the Alexa Bliss double jointedness. Yes. I love it when it helped to sell it so much. And more. I, like, I think I would have liked this match half as much if her elbow didn't slightly bend in the other direction. I like that they don't break that out every pay per view. They right. they save it. Oh, I'm sure the first time that she did it, Vince was like, "Oh my God, you can't do that again until you're in a match with Ronda Rousey." <laughs> right. Um, really good. Ronda won by submission, which she should. Really good shoe. Um, I was pleased. I was pleased. Could have been a lot worse. Alexa's my gal. We more to Ronda again. Shout out. Um, to the outfits. I don't know exactly what they thought they were doing with Ronda <laughs> Rousey's makeup. When I first seen it, like they showed, they showed her. She didn't want the makeup. She wouldn't sit still, so it all got well, smudged they, up the side. They showed of her, her before, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then when they showed her coming out, I was like, "Oh, you know what? That looks like Black Swan." And I, I either I'm giving them too much credit, or they were going for a Black Swan look. Which, if anybody's seen the Black Swan, it's it's the girl that fucking flips and goes crazy and just fucking gets really dark. And I was like, that's awesome. That tells a story. If they're going for that Black Swan look, that would be perfect for Ronda Rousey. If they weren't going for the Black Swan look and they were just going for something different, again, we've mentioned this on the podcast before, less makeup is more with Ronda Rousey. She's a good-looking, beautiful young woman, and we want her to look badass. You don't need to make her up a lot. But I don't know if you've ever seen Black Swan Pasty, if that ever popped into your head. Nope. Nope. Just look up, just just go to Google real quick and do a, do a Google image search for Black Swan. You'll see what the makeup I'm talking about, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I bet you that could be it. We'll see about that. I'll give you some time. Okay. Speaking of doo doo doo, I watched some um, Alex Trebek outtakes on YouTube not too long back. That dude could get pissed back in the day. <laughs> I'll have to check, check that him out. out. You see the black check black swan makeup there? Yeah, it's close, but not the same. Well, it's not the same, but I feel like it's an homage. If it wasn't an homage, then Maybe. it's like meh. If it was, I'm like, yay. So, who knows? Next, we had the main event of the night. Universal Championship match. Brock Lesnar defending his title against Roman Reigns. Yes. And finally, after all these fucking years and all these trials and tribulations, the conquering hero befell the beast. And Roman Reigns came out carrying 10 pounds of gold over his shoulder, singing, Queens, we are the champion. Man, this probably my favorite match of theirs to date. And that's probably just because it was short and sweet. And Braun Strowman made it all the better when he came down and said, now, you probably expect me to cash this in when after the match when you guys are all beat down, but I don't like to come up behind somebody's back and do that. I'm going to tell you straight to your face, good luck, because whoever wins is going to get these hands. I liked that, too, but that totally got null and void 
The next day on Raw, when Brock Lesnar came out and said, I am cashing in a Money in the Bank contract tonight. And then he walked out and was like, I guess not. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> you, you said the night before that you were going to tell him when you did it and you were going to do it, and now you're not doing it. What does well, no, that he was going to cash it in, That's... but then the Shield put him through a table on Raw. No, he backed out, yeah, and then he was. didn't. Then they t- put him through. Uh, okay. It's, uh, I don't know. I didn't watch it, but nonetheless, if you're going to say you cash it in, you cash it in. Don't don't go. Well, I mean, at SummerSlam, he couldn't get back up. Don't go Brock Lesnar did a good job of making sure he wasn't going to be an a. issue after the match. But no, you, I, I agree with you. I think this Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match is probably my favorite. This one, keyword of the night again, I think had the best storytelling. They both mm-hmm. seemed into it. I will say that. I think Brock was happy to lose the title. Um, he really seemed into this match and had a little more gusto than he's had in a few of his defenses. So uh-huh. I feel like he was really pumped for it. Reigns was obviously pumped for it. Um, the moment, the moment that the three count happened, you just heard the TV mute and they totally fucking silenced <laughs> yeah. the crowd. And you could still yeah, I didn't hear, hear any boos. All I heard was cheers. Yeah, I was gonna say you could still hear boos quite audibly. There was no, I didn't hear any cheers. You could still hear boos quite audibly. And just to prove that point, earlier in the night, I want to say it was during the uh, Ziggler Rollins match. You could hear WWE editing the sound of the crowd oh, yeah. when they're like, and they get a standing ovation from the crowd, and then they, you could hear them step up the volume <laughs> three times on the crowd. Yep. And then from what I hear, I talked to a couple people that watched Raw. Roman Reigns got a lot. He's still getting booed on Raw also. But... Of course. Just from what I've read and and heard and and shit, it seems like maybe the Shield turned a heel on Monday. We'll have to see what happens next Monday. But maybe they triple powerbombed Braun Strowman and it seemed, from what I've heard... It looks like they're skewing it into a heel type thing. Have you read or heard anything about Raw Pasty about that? I I did hear that. I mean, like I said, they put Strowman through a table. Yep, they prevented him that. from cashing in. Kind of cool. Um, this has got me excited, too, uh, because... With Roman Reigns having the title, Braun Strowman trying to cash in and not being allowed to, uh, Eric Rowan being out on injury, and Bray Wyatt no longer having Matt Hardy to fall back on, it would appear that yeah, uh, Bray Wyatt's happening. interested in reforming. <laughs> that's not yeah, happening. Yeah, it is. I can guarantee <laughs> you it will. That's not happening. They will never, they will never sideline Braun Strowman with Bray Wyatt at this point. They'll no do it for way. one match. Strowman wants revenge on all three members of the Shield. So he goes to Bray. Bray goes to Harper. Three-on-three Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell main event. Yeah, that's... It it sounds good in theory. Maybe not main event, because you would give the main event to Samoa Joe and AJ They're definitely not going to... But they would be one of the At this point, Braun Strowman teaming with Bray Wyatt is a setback for Braun, which is super sad but true. Um, I could see Bray and Luke Harper teaming up for sure, but Braun is not going anywhere near Wyatt. Wyatt sinks people. I bet it happens. I bet it happens. Wyatt sinks people. And they wouldn't have to be back together forever for one match. 
That's I mean, all it needs. I could, They're all on different shows anyway. I could. I don't even know that I could see it for one match because what does Braun? What reason would Braun even have for revenge? You say, but Braun is supposed to be able to take out three people at one. As soon as he turns to Bray Wyatt, Intel, it's he the loses shield. all the credibility. Is a entity. Yeah, but he loses yep. all credibility. Braun Strowman can no longer be a monster once he's gone to Bray Wyatt to help him with the shield. It's not like what Bray Wyatt would get the pinfall in that match. If anybody on the Wyatt family got the pinfall, it would be Strowman. If Wyatt and if he was to do that, just be there to keep the other two at bay. Casey, he took a like a thirteen-year-old boy as his tag team partner. He would have took Bray Wyatt as his tag team partner if that was the case. Yeah, but this is this is big circumstance, and I think uh, Wyatt family versus the Shield is a big money match. It was. Five years ago, it was it was some of the most awesome matches five years ago. But the, in this day and age, there's no money in the Wyatt family. Zero money in the Wyatt family. Or do a war games match and throw the new day. What's in it there? with you and war? They're not doing war games in <laughs> WWE. It's an NXT thing. Um, I I like. I mean, I like. I like your creative, and I like what you're saying on paper, just the same way with the horsewomen. It's just not the right time. Bray Wyatt is uh, a cancer. Vince McMahon, I can't see him ever putting, well, not ever, but anytime soon, putting anybody that he has stock in with Bray Wyatt. At this time, he's going to put somebody with Bray Wyatt to help bring up Bray Wyatt, not to bring up anybody else. Well, that didn't work very well with Matt Hardy. Uh, it did. Uh, we're not going to have much time for news and notes, but Matt Hardy. That's why I've been sneaking mine in. <laughs> I'm sneaking that in. Matt Hardy is now a producer backstage and actually helped produce SummerSlam. So the, the man who's been the creative drive of the Hardys and the Broken Universe is now an official creative force behind the scenes in WWE. He is an official producer for the WWE. Good for him. Good for Matt. That can only be positive for us as viewers. Yes. Which would be another reason why Bray Wyatt would be getting a big push with the return of the Wyatt family. <laughs> oh! You know what? I'd love to see it because I do love the Wyatt family. I just, even if there's a Wyatt and, family reunion. And you'd only have the three good ones. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I agree with that also. I just don't see Braun ever going back to being a Wyatt. I think... Vince wants people like said, to forget he I ever think it's was. a one-off, a one-then-done. But I think it happens. I think it happens just because he's going to continue to have issue cashing in his briefcase as long as the shield is a unit. I think Vince doesn't want people to remember he was a Wyatt. And what if, what if Strowman comes out or goes into this Wyatt family angle, if it happens, as the leader? He sits that Bray down and says... If we do this, I'm in charge. That changes things. And I would be happy to see that. No. Braun Strowman being the lead figure. Braun doesn't. And Bray falling back and taking a supporting Again, I like that on paper, but I don't think Braun has the personality or the promo for that. I don't think he can handle that being the leader. I honestly don't think he can. Only time will tell, or won't. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. 
Um, and in time, I think Braun could be amazing. I think if he worked at it, if they put him back with Wyatt and had Wyatt work with him on promos and shit like that, he could end up being one of the best in history. I mean, he could be right up there with Brock Lesnar and them as one of the, the biggest, baddest monsters ever. I don't think he has it now. Uh, it'd be good. There, There's a lot. It's good that coming out of SummerSlam, we got so many directions we can go. Um, I, I ain't going to lie, Pasty. Going out of SummerSlam, I was so... Especially after I heard about the Shield shit, I was like, God, I should cheat on her Summer of Other and watch SmackDown and Raw. I didn't do it. <laughs> but it's good to know that they're kind of getting me back into wanting to see where things are going. So I like that. There's so many new... And we have decided, folks, that after Hell in a Cell, the Summer of Other will come to a close. Yeah, we haven't announced that, have we? Yeah. That is the last pay-per-view in the summer. So after Hell in a Cell, we can watch Raw. I guess we have to. Um, That might be a good thing or a bad thing. Raw and SmackDown. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We could jump ship again, folks. We can always choose to not watch. It doesn't have to be summer just for us to not watch. But you have to give us credit, folks. We're out here putting the work in and actually not watching when we're complaining about it. We're not the people out there bitching about it, bitching about it, bitching about it, and watching it on cable, downloading it on Hulu, watching it on the network, doing all that shit. We're putting our money where our mouth is. We're hitting them where it hurts. We're showing them Mm -hmm. we don't care. Now, two people not watching their product, they don't notice, they don't give a shit about. 200 people not watching their product, they don't notice, they don't give a shit about. But damn, Pasty, I honestly believe if everybody who has been bitching about the low quality of product quit watching, they would definitely notice. Yes. And we're at least taking our stand. Any other news you want to try to sneak in there before we get a get on uh, We got a handful of minutes left. Um, you know what? Before we before we go, we're just going to leave you with one of Wendy's best promos ever. Don't you think that's fitting, Pasty? Yeah. Take him back to school, Fat Mac. All right, here you go, folks. And here is the best Wendy's promo ever. You know, they say that all burgers are created equal. But you look at the Baconator and you look at frozen beef... And you can see that statement is not true. See, normally, if you go one-on-one with another cheeseburger, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But we've got never frozen beef, and that's not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beat us. Then you add Junior Baker cheeseburger to the mix, your chance of winning drastic go down. See, the drive through at lunchtime, you got a 33-3 chance of winning. But we, we got a 66-2 third chance win because the king knows he can't beat us and he's not even going to try. So frozen beef, you take your 33-3rd chance minus ah, 25% chance and you got an 8-3rd chance winning at lunchtime. But then you take our 75% chance of winning if we were to go one-on-one and then add 66-2-3%, we got a 141-2-3rd chance of winning at lunch. See, Joe... The numbers don't lie, and they spell deliciousness for you at lunchtime. And with that, folks, 
Thank you for tuning in to Beef Sticks Podcast. As always, I've been Pasty White. And for Vincent Kennedy McMahon, I am Fat Mac. You can find us shitting in the shower, fucking any kind of vegetable you can name. Until next week, folks.